A Baptist woman told me this story, which I thought was wonderful. She was approximately 15 years old when this happened. She went into the local village grocery store and saw a young man standing at the counter. She didn't know this young man. He left the store and she said to the owner of the store, Who was that? And he told her he was a young man visiting from another state. And she said, well, I'm going to marry him. The owner of the store was horrified when she said that. He was a Nazarene, and he was just horrified. When that did marry him, and they were married 60-some-odd years before Jerry died, I said to Wynette when she told me the story, that's wonderful. I said, that's wisdom from God. That's a gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of, of, of knowledge. She was horrified. Wynette just turned white when I said that was wisdom from God. I don't know who she thought it was from. When you have supernatural information, what do you think? You're a fortune teller, which is forbidden by God? It was a spiritual gift. But Wynette, a Baptist, was terrified of it. I don't know much about Baptist doctrine. Perhaps they teach that the Holy Spirit is something that is to be avoided. But she certainly was afraid. I know the Church of Christ would have never mentioned supernatural things in the days that I attended Church of Christ in the 1950s. And yet, what did they do about Paul? on the road to Damascus. The basis that I operate under is if I can find a situation in the New Testament, in the Bible, that shows me this type of thing happening, then I am assured that it can happen today in the church, in the New Testament church. Well, what about Paul? Let's look at Acts chapter 9. Verse 1, And Saul, Paul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest, and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? He heard a voice from heaven. A bright light was shining around him. These are very supernatural events. Both of these events occurred after Jesus arose. They're New Testament happenings. Verse 5, And Paul said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard 
for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. The Bible, the New Testament Bible, is absolutely full of supernatural events. Why would anything, anyone in the church who reads the Bible think it's strange that God would speak by his Spirit to them? Why would they think that's strange? We have a whole New Testament full of examples of God speaking to the people by His Spirit. The Holy Spirit is given to every individual who believes in the Word of God. 1 Corinthians 3.16 Know ye not that ye are the temple of God? and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? 1 Corinthians six nineteen twenty. What, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? 2 Corinthians thirteen five, Paul says, Examine yourself, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is, is in you, except ye be reprobate. And yet there are countless numbers of churches today speaking against the Holy Spirit. When all of this evidence is there in the Bible, the New Testament Bible, of God giving His Spirit to the individual to teach him all things, to remind him of everything that is in the Word of God, to show him things to come and to guide him into all truth. I'm quoting from John chapter 16, chapter 14, I'm sorry, chapter 14, verse 26, and John chapter 16, verse 13, the work of the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, the people didn't have the Holy Spirit, except for select people. Prophets had the Holy Spirit. But in the New Testament, all who belong to God have the Holy Spirit in them. Hebrews 1, verses 1-2. God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. John chapter 7. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, the word, as the scriptures hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. That's the Holy Spirit. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. But after the resurrection, 
Jesus told him, stay in Jerusalem until you receive the power of the gift promised from God, which was the Holy Spirit. After Jesus was resurrected, the Holy Spirit was sent to the individual believers. Now, the Holy Spirit is one of the greatest gifts that could be given to a human being. The Holy Spirit teaches us all things, reminds us of everything Jesus has said, guides us into all truth, and shows us things to come. Those are four magnificent advantages to living on this earth. And yet twisted men, corrupt men in churches, have denied the Holy Spirit, have taught their church people to beware of the Holy Spirit and to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. When I was first born again in 1975, I attended a little non-denominational church called Believer's Chapel in Dallas. Their teachers were from Dallas Theological Seminary. At the time I started going there, one of them was teaching a seminar which was about tongues, and he said tongues are of the devil. I hadn't even ever heard of a tongue at the time I started going there, but I certainly wanted nothing to do with tongues if it was of the devil. But one day I was reading in 1 Corinthians 14, and Paul said, Covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. Well, this church I was attending, they were teaching tongues were of the devil. I had to make a decision. I had to either go with that which was in the Bible, or I had to go with that which they were teaching at that church. That church group was very much like Church of Christ or Baptist, their doctrines. I chose to go with the Bible over the doctrines of those churches. I was terrified, though, of tongues after hearing that teaching. I was in a little prayer group, and one day four or five of us were meeting at a woman's house. We were sitting at a kitchen table, and one of the women began telling us about something in the newspaper that had caught her attention, and she said, we need to pray over that. Well, I never once thought about praying over something I'd read in a newspaper. She said, we need to pray for that person. So they, everyone I guess bowed their heads or something, although I don't think that's required with prayer. But that's what they do. But anyway, I sat there, and it was very quiet when she, at first. And then I heard just a tiny little murmuring sound, and then I heard someone praying in English. And I realized those women prayed in tongues. I was terrified. As soon as I possibly could, I got up to flee from those women. One of the women said to me, Now, Joan, don't let this bother you. But it did bother me, because even though I had left that church where they were teaching against tongues, I, I was terrified. But I prayed and asked God to show me the truth. I took the Bible and decided to study every passage of scripture about tongues in the Bible. I set out to prove that tongues were wrong, and I ended up proving that tongues are a part of the religion 
of God. I they I guess they equate the Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues, but somehow I never really made that connection. I know at Pentecost the Holy Spirit spoke in tongues through them. But I know the Holy Spirit doesn't take over your body. This is by your own will that you do this. But God showed me so many things that the Holy Spirit does in the terms of spiritual gifts. I was at a prayer group one day and the women were praying over something and I heard this from the Spirit of God. Look up. I looked up and on the wall I saw an outline of a part of a human body and it turned out to be a stomach. When the women quit praying I said to the group does anyone have a stomach problem? And this woman said, oh, I do, I do. Well, everybody began praying for her, I suppose. I didn't pay any attention after that because God had, with that experience, God was teaching me the way he was going to show me word of knowledge. For that is a supernatural word from God, which no one would have known except God. And by his spirit, he was giving me the spiritual gift of word of knowledge. After that experience, I was always receiving spiritual gifts for the church. I'd be at the Sunday school class, and our teacher always said, Does anyone have a word from the Lord? Well, usually while they were having their little singing service, I would look up and I would see these images of things on the wall. And so I knew it was God showing me word of knowledge. And when our teacher said, does anyone have a word from the Lord? I would raise my hand and he would call on me and I would present what I had been shown by God. This is a spiritual gift word of knowledge, I think. I think that's what it is. This began to develop more and more in me. But the interesting thing is, I received this when I was at the prayer group. I received word of knowledge when I was at the Bible study, but I never once received a word of knowledge at the 11 o'clock Sunday service, the main service. Why? Because they made no provision at all for the operation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit at the 11 o'clock service. They did at the Bible class, but not at the 11 o'clock service. So God is not going to give me these words of knowledge when they can't be used. Paul tells us what's supposed to happen when we come together as the church. It's not anything like we see today. If we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26, the Apostle Paul says, How is it then, brethren, when ye come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, 
hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. In other words, the way the service was set up freed the Holy Spirit to be able to speak through through who God willed. How is it then, brethren, when ye come together, every one of you hath a psalm, and a psalm was a prayer, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. But that's not what we see today. When you gather at the church, you have a minister of music, maybe, and they sing a bunch of songs which he has selected beforehand. Or you have a choir performing songs. It's not a spontaneous thing by the Spirit of God. Some music is very fleshly in the churches. But the Spirit of God would lead you to spiritual music. Things that would edify the body of Christ as they sat there. Some would need to hear, for example, a hymn like Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine while another might need to hear another hymn. Or there would be a prayer, because psalms are prayers. Someone would have a prayer. None of that freedom exists today in the church services that I've ever seen. What they do is they prepared menu, approved by men. If Jesus Christ attended that church service, he would not be permitted to speak. I've often thought of this when I've been in church services because it was so structured. They had certain people on a platform who were allowed to speak. If Jesus himself had been sitting in the congregation, he would not have been permitted to speak to the church. That's because men have set this church service up by the way of their own thinking, whereas the Holy Spirit was free in the instruction given in 1 Corinthians 14. The Holy Spirit was free. Paul goes on to say, let the prophet speak two or three and let the other judge. He says, if any man has a tongue, there must be an interpretation. Otherwise, let him keep silence. He said in that instruction, let the women keep silence in the churches for it's not permitted to them to speak. But they are to be under obedience, as also saith the law. And if any of you have questions, let her ask her husband at home. See what they were doing. I know what they were doing. God told me, he said, look at this, what these women were doing. They were asking questions. They were disrupting the church service with questions. I've seen women dis- disrupt the service before. I went to a little non-denominational church when I was hunting a church to attend. Pastor was teaching. All of a sudden, a woman jumped up and waved her hands in the air in the middle of his teaching and said, Praise God, praise God, praise God. And she ran around the room shouting that. And the people got so excited, thinking that's the Holy Spirit. That is not the Holy Spirit in that woman. That was another spirit. The Holy Spirit 
It says in 1 Corinthians 14, let everything be done decently and in order. That was out of order. That spirit in that woman was out of order. I would have never permitted that in a church service. And neither should that pastor. And neither should those people. Now that's the bad thing that happens when the Holy Spirit is being imitated by devils. Because devils will imitate the Holy Spirit if a person allows him to do so. There used to be a church called Holy Rollers where, as I understand it, the Spirit would fall on someone and that person would roll on the floor. That's not God. The Holy Spirit brings us information, edifies the church, builds up the church. That is not God. The Holy Spirit never takes over the body of the individual and causes the individual to do anything. The Holy Spirit doesn't even cause you to have to speak. He brings the information to you, but you have willpower to either speak the information or not speak it. He never takes over your body. At least I've never seen any example in the Bible of the Holy Spirit taking over. I've seen examples of the Holy Spirit bringing information. And that's what my experience with the Holy Spirit is, is he gave me information so that I knew what to do in the situation with which I was dealing at that time. It's very important to ground yourself on these two scriptures. John chapter 14, verse 26, and John chapter 16, verse 13, for they tell exactly what the Holy Spirit does. He teaches you all things. He reminds you of everything Jesus has said. He guides you into all truth, and he shows you things to come. I was having a problem recently with air conditioning in the new car we bought. It was noisy. It was very loud. You would turn it on, and the fan was like you had it on high when you had it on low. And that really bothered me. I didn't know what I was going to do. I was so troubled. I heard a word from God by the Holy Spirit reminding me of a scripture. Now, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. He's a comforter. He reminded me of 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted? Above that ye are able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape that ye may be able to bear it. And I knew God was showing me that air conditioning found there would be a way of escape for me. I didn't know what it was, but I had no doubt that was going to happen because I had heard a word from God by his spirit. God is faithful. He will not suffer you to be tempted. Above that ye are able, but will make a way of escape that ye may be able to bear it. When I heard that word, I was completely at ease over the air conditioning problem. 
I didn't know the solution at that time. Later, I was led, I believe by God, to look at some things on the internet about noisy air conditioners where men were demonstrating how to fix them. I didn't understand what these men were saying, but I got up enough courage to go out to the car and turn on the air conditioning and begin to press buttons. And lo and behold, I pressed one button and all the noise left, but the cooling was still there. That's the leading of the Holy Spirit in a secular matter. He leads me all the time in spiritual matters, showing me what to do. I would not want to live on the earth without the Holy Spirit. It's one of the most valuable things a person can have, is the Holy Spirit. And in these days, we really need the Holy Spirit to be showing us what to do with this current coronavirus problem. Just pray and ask God. Especially concerning your children. What are you supposed to do about this school thing? Well, I don't have to make a decision about school because I don't have a child trying to go to school. But some of you do. James 1.5 If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. God has the answer for you concerning what you're supposed to do. And he brings the answer usually by the Holy Spirit bringing to your mind a scripture or a thought to show you what to do in the situation. Trust God. Depend on God. If you belong to God, if you are a believer, a real believer, if you believe the Word of God, He will help you. Looking at the gifts of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. In other words, I have told you how God showed me that he was going to show me word of knowledge. That is by an outline on the wall. But he might show you a word of knowledge in a totally different way. That means there are diversities of operations. But it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. You don't know how to deal with something and God leads you by the Spirit of God to do this and this and this and this and it works. Similar to the air conditioning story. I didn't understand what they were saying when I looked at YouTube and saw them demonstrating noisy air conditioning and fixing it. But somehow in me, by God, courage came up to try to deal with the subject. So I went to the settings on the air conditioning, which said climate control. And I just began pushing buttons and hit the right button. 
To another is given the word of knowledge. That's that thing I had in the prayer group when I said to the people, does somebody have a stomach problem? Because God had shown me this on the wall. I had a word of knowledge about a young friend of mine. He was 44 years old, married, two children. He was stricken with this horrible disease, ALS, where you become totally paralyzed. All of his church was praying for healing for him. One of the church members was at my house one day, and I'd had a vision over David. I told Clay this vision. I saw him on a golf course. Now, David was totally paralyzed at that time, and I saw him totally healed, and I saw him waving his hands toward us like, Come on, this is great. Come on and join me. This is great. Clay said, well, don't you think that means David's going to be healed? And I said, no, David's going to die. But his soul, his spiritual condition is fine. And he's going to go ahead of us. And he's telling us, come on, this is great up here. Come and join us. I also sent that uh, message to his wife they lived in a city 600 miles from me i sent it to his wife and a copy to his two children and told her to have this read to their church group at the funeral i don't know that she ever did but it would be such comfort see i knew it was from the spirit of god this was a word from the spirit of god david is died but he's all right his spirit and soul is all right And he's telling you, it's great. Come on, join me. And he was totally healed. He was was no longer paralyzed and helpless. That should be great comfort to someone. That the Holy Spirit gives us words which greatly comfort the church. Or it could be words concerning something to come. Agabus in the Bible carried a word to the church that there was going to be great dearth in the days ahead. And the church took up an offering for the believers at Jerusalem at that time and sent that offering to the believers at Jerusalem because the Holy Spirit had shown them that. And it came to pass that there was great dearth. I think it was said in the days of Claudius Caesar. You can read it in the book of Acts. Think Acts chapter 11. So for to one, a spiritual gift is given, the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge, by the same spirit. To another, faith, by the same spirit. There was one time, I think, I had a strong gift of faith as a new believer. I owned a business at that time, and a a man sued me along with several other owners of businesses in the Dallas area. He said we were conspiring to keep him from coming to Dallas and renting a motel room and selling Indian jewelry. Well, we, I'd never even heard of the man. It was absolutely ridiculous. But if I didn't respond, they could take everything that I owned away from me because a man can file a lawsuit against you without having any validity for the lawsuit. At least in the United States that can happen. But anyhow, 
I hired lawyers, and it was eating up all my profit. And one day, I had a scripture brought to my mind, and it was a scripture, no weapon formed against you will prosper. Well, this was a weapon against me. And I was a new Christian, so now this scripture pertained to me. No weapon formed against you will prosper. So I dismissed the lawyers and went to court without any human legal counsel. And the man dropped all charges six days before we were to go to trial. I had another situation happen where a woman charged me with something, a customer. People often file lawsuits against the owners of businesses. She filed a ridiculous lawsuit against me and even took me to trial, to court. And I heard a word, don't testify. It shocked everybody. I told my lawyer at the time, I said, you may not want to represent me because I have heard from God a word, don't testify, and I can't testify. He said, oh, I think we'll win the case anyway because Flo witnessed what happened. She worked for me, and she was a witness, and he said, I think we'll win the case anyway. Well, I never dreamed that my own people were going to get angry with me, but Flo heard that I was not going to testify, and she became angry, and she said to me, now all the burden is upon me. And I said, well, I don't see what I can do because I believe that was a word from God, don't testify. The man I was dating at the time said, Joan, you're not going to do this girl any favor by not testifying. And I said, I'm not trying to do her any favor. I heard what I believed to be a word from God, and it was don't testify. Well, of course, he didn't understand that at all. We got into the court case, and my lawyer came to me and said, Joan, things aren't going as well as I'd hoped with Flo's testimony, but if you will testify, we'll win this case. I said, well, I'll see. And I went into the restroom, and I prayed, and I said, what do you want me to do? And I heard, don't testify. So I just came back in the courtroom and just shook my head no. I did not testify. We did win the case. Following the word of God. I believe that was that case had to have been something like a gift of faith from the Holy Spirit. I was a new Christian, knew nothing. I didn't even have a scripture on that case. I just heard, don't testify. And I believed it. I believed that was information from God. And I can't tell you how I believe. But when I read this scripture to another faith by the same spirit, I always think that was a gift of faith given to me at that moment to help me. Continuing with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. To another get the gifts of healing by the same spirit. To another the working of miracles to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. 1 Corinthians twelve, eleven. But all these worketh that one and selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as God wills. That's gifts of the Holy Spirit for the church. You never see anything like that happening 
in most church groups because they have eliminated the gifts of the Holy Spirit by the way they have set up the church service. Or they've taught against the gifts of the Holy Spirit and terrified the church. Or they just don't mention the Holy Spirit at all. When the Holy Spirit is one of the greatest gifts ever given by God, the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit of Jesus to help us today in the church as we go through the things of this present life. Thank you very much for allowing me to speak to you today.